In this passage, Jesus was asked, why aren't your disciples washing their hands before they eat? So, of course, although it's a good practice to wash your hands before they eat, before you eat, it doesn't have anything to do with spirituality. But according to this religious group, there was. So Jesus answers in verse 10, Matthew 15, 10, And when He had called the multitude to Himself, He said to them, Hear and understand, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a man. And this was kind of a shock to a lot of people because in the, in the law there was all this stuff about you know, clean and unclean foods and all this other stuff. And all of a sudden, it says, Jesus says, it's not what you're putting in your mouth that's defiling you, but what comes out. And he, and he goes on to say, Peter wanted to understand this because he thought it was as a parable. So he says in verse 15, Then Peter answered and said to him, Explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. And they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, blasphemy. These are the things which defile the man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile the man. So to this crowd of people, this was some revolutionary stuff that they were hearing. Something very different. But it's important for us to take heed to what it's saying here. Because Jesus pointed at the very heart of man's problem. And that is his heart, his spirit. And that's why we found out we need to be born again. We need to have a change of heart. We need to be converted and have a change of heart. And so... We see that the things that come out of a person are what defile them. And it shows up in different ways. Jesus said every tree is known by its fruit. The fruit that he bears. The things that he does. And the Bible talks about, in the book of Proverbs, about the fruit of the lips. And that's what we want to talk about today. I remember when I was a kid in chemistry class, there was this stuff called litmus paper. And it was like this orangey-red colored paper. And what you were supposed to do was to dip it in different solutions to figure out if they were acid or if they were alkaline. And the, the different colors showed how acid or how alkaline they were. They had a little chart on the, on the little dispenser for the paper that showed you what it was. And they called it the litmus test. And there's spiritual litmus tests for us. There's things that show us where our heart is at. The way we act. 
the way we think. And David said in Psalms, Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord. Because the words, as we are seeing here, are a reflection of the heart. They show us where we're at spiritually, in some respect. They're one of the tests. Because we can say a lot of spiritual words, but our actions can be different. We can do things moral, but our heart can be out there. This is a matter of the heart. But if we're honest before God and say, search my heart, O God, and show me if there's any way in me that's not right. For honestly, He's going to show us. And He's going to reveal the results of the litmus test, so to speak. Where we're at spiritually. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. It's in the book of Proverbs. The meditations of our heart are reflected in the words that we speak and how we speak them and the way we live. As we think in our heart, that's who we become. We can't avoid that. Eventually, it's going to show up. We can suppress it for a while. That's why we need to have a change of heart. We need to come before the Lord for a change of heart. There, I'm going to go to the book of James. James chapter 3 and verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, also able also to bridle the whole body. We're bridle is the word that you use for controlling a horse. The, to bridle a horse means to control and to steer him. And he goes and talks about it in the next verse. Indeed, we put bits in a horse's mouth that they may obey us. And we turn whole ships. Look also at the ships. Though they are so large and are driven... By fierce winds they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a fire, a forest, a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. There's a lot revealed in what we're reading in this passage here about ourselves, about 
human nature and how it shows itself. <clears throat> it says the tongue is set in our body in such a way that it steers us in different directions, depending on the heart. Depending on what way the heart guides it. It says, out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus said, the mouth speak. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's something we should meditate on. And it's not, when we're talking here about listening to ourselves and the listening to the words of our mouth, what are we hearing? We're not just talking about saying things that are blatantly sinful and cursing and and swearing and that kind of stuff. We're talking about saying unloving things, hurtful things, gossip and slander, tearing one another down, speaking evil of others. It says later in the chapter, do not speak evil of one another, brothers. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. Not speaking evil of one another. And then there's the other area. A very powerful area. The area of faith. What are we speaking about? What are we hearing ourselves say? Are we speaking about fear of death? Fear of sickness? Fear of plague? Fear of judgments? Instead of fear of God. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Are we fearing disaster? Are we fearing our circumstances? Our problems? Are we speaking these things out of our mouth? Are we speaking words of mistrust against God? Guess what? Those words are not just a little blowing off of steam. That's a revelation of the condition of our heart, where we're at spiritually. Where are we at spiritually? That's one of the litmus tests. It's not the only one, but it's one of the ones of where we're at spiritually. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. And sets on fire the course of nature. Whose nature? <laughs> our nature. Our human nature. Our sinful carnal nature. Our human nature. And the tongue is that instrument that reflects and speaks what's in the heart. For meditating on carnal things, on worldly things, of corrupt things, of immoral things. We can try to suppress that stuff with morality and religion, but we need to come to the Lord. We need to come to Christ and confess and forsake that stuff that's wrong inside of us, that we've been walking in the flesh, we've been carnally minded. 
Because the meditations of our heart have not been spiritual. The spiritual man must be guided by his spiritual heart, by the Holy Spirit. It's an indication whether we're following the leading of the Holy Spirit. If we want to just really put it down to its common denominator. We should take it seriously. We should take seriously when we're being negative. When we're being fearful and anxious. Reveals we're saying those things that reveals I'm not trusting God. I'm not putting this in God's hands. I'm using, I'm setting on fire the course of nature. I hear it all the time. Why isn't God helping me? Why is God letting this happen? The course of nature being set on fire. And it says, being set on fire by hell. That's the that's the plan of the enemy. Cause us to be unspiritual in our thinking. And to speak it. The words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart. In verse 8 it says, No man can tame the tongue. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. We say, well, if we can't tame the tongue, what's the point in all this? Why are we even talking about this? The blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, cleanses from all sin. And gives us power over the tongue. Gives us power over our bodies. It gives us power over our spirit. In the book of Proverbs it says, He who rules the spirit, rules over his spirit, is mightier than he then takes the city. Oh, it's possible, all right. But only as part of his workmanship. God is at work in us and showing us that not only can we control our tongue and tame it, but we will, through the Holy Spirit, put it in its place. In verse 9 it says, With it we bless God and our Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God, in the image of God. We read it back in the book of Genesis. Man is made in the image of God. And so here people are, here we go, blessing God, and then cursing people that are made in the image of God. He said, My brothers, these things should not be so. Does a spring bring forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt, water, and fresh. You know you can't drink salt water, but you can drink fresh water. But he's saying, a person who's blessing God and, and, and being full of anger and cursing and and bitterness inside and self-seeking in their hearts, he says, that's like a person who's got both bitter waters and fresh waters coming out of the same spring. He says, it shouldn't be that way. shouldn't let that 
poison stay in our hearts. We have to be delivered from it by walking in the new man that's created after God in righteousness and true holiness. If we're born again, God's given us His nature. And if we walk in that nature, this other nature won't be set on on fire by hell, as we're reading here. And we'll be able to control our tongue. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the course of nature, our human nature. We won't do it. So you see the problem. So we're not walking in the new man. If we're not walking a new man, you know we're walking in the old man. And if we're not walking in the Spirit, and we're not being led by the Spirit, being led by the enemy. Of course, the nature. Of course, set on fire by hell. This is very, very clear cut. In verse 14 it says, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish, demonic. If we have self-seeking and bitterness in our hearts, it's going to come out of our mouth. Envy, all that stuff. It's going to, it's going to show up. And it says, it's not from God. This is not the Spirit of God that you're following. It says you're following the world, the flesh, and the devil. Senses, the flesh. Earthly, worldly, sensual, demonic, devilish. In verse 16, it goes on to say, where envy and self-seeking or selfish ambition exists, there is confusion and every evil work. Verse 17, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceful, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality, and not hypocritical, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Is that what's going on in our words? The meditations of our heart? This is a day of self-examination as to whether we're following the Lord's leading. And what's going on in our heart? Do we have festering poison going on in our heart and bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, all that stuff that's just swelling up inside? You know, it shows up somewhere and somehow, no matter how you try to prevent it. Jesus said we must be converted and become like little children. Must be changed. Have a change of heart. And when He changes our heart, we need to walk in. Now, I can't do this. Have we been converted? If we have, it says here we can. It says we can. It says, if we're walking with the Lord, it says, it's pure, peaceful, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruit. Not partial without hypocrisy. It's a man of faith, a man of peace, a man of love. 
Man of wisdom. Man of humility. Brothers and sisters. Goes on in chapter 4. Where do wars or battles and fights come from among you? Where does all this fighting and arguing come from? You know, when you're in an argument with someone, it's very easy to focus on what you think the other person is doing or saying wrong. Or what they're doing to you. But in the world they say there's two, it takes two to tango. A tango is a form of a dance. It takes two to do that dance. And in arguing, it takes two to argue. It takes two to fight. We see it in all kinds of domestic situations, family and domestic situations. And the fact is, it says, Do they not come from desires for pleasure or lust that war in your members? There's stuff wrong inside of us. It says, as much as is within us, be at peace with all men. I mean, some people will come at us anyway, but we, even if we're walking in peace, but that's on them. We must continue to walk in the Spirit. Control our tongue. To meditate on the things that are acceptable to God. Bring every thought captive to obeying Christ. The message is a very clear message if we're willing to listen. If our hearts are open to hear. Arguing and fighting and grumbling come from within a man and a woman. And they defile them. And it sets on fire the course of nature. The human nature. The flesh. And we begin to say and do all kinds of things that are not appropriate for a Christian. Oh, it's not hard to find yourself in that place. We all know that. Set on fire by our human carnal nature. In verse 6 it says, But he gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your heart, hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That's what it really boils down to, is submitting our hearts to the Lord and humbling ourselves and not walking in pride and saying, well, they did this to me, or I'm this way, and, and I want to do that, and just going on and all these self-centered, self-seeking things. We must humble ourselves and submit ourselves under His mighty hand. 
And then we can resist the devil. Because if our hearts aren't submitted to God, guess what? They're going to be submitted to the flesh, to the world, and to the enemy, and to His will. There's no in-between. It says, cleanse our hands of sinners and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And I like the word double-minded because the word double-minded means our mind is in two different places. Double means two. That means our minds are spiritual and carnal at the same time. In James chapter 1 it says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Talking about a man who prays and doubts that God's going to answer his prayers. A double-minded man. Where does a double-minded man come from? A divided heart. That's not fully submitted to the Lord. That's why it says, purify your hearts. So they're not double-minded anymore. So we're single-minded. Go to Colossians chapter 4. I'm wondering why it's not. <laughs> okay. Colossians 4 6. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. They may know how to answer each other, every person. This is the end of all arguments on our part. Let our speech always be with grace. This is a work of God. This is His workmanship in us. That our speech should always be with grace, seasoned with salt. Seasoned with salt. Jesus said we're the salt of the earth. That we may know how that we should ought to answer each other. So when someone comes at us and they're combative or argumentative, strifeful, angry, that we should always have our speech 
be with grace. In other words, treating them in a way they don't deserve, better than they deserve. Like Christ. Like God does for us. God is, we, we've been saved by grace. We didn't deserve it. And now God tells us to live out that grace in our relationship with others. And it makes a big difference in the home, in the workplace, wherever we are, in our neighborhoods. Be with, have an attitude of grace towards others. So we go back to a couple books to Ephesians chapter 4. And you notice, after he tells us to put on the new man, in verse 24, he says to put off the old man, in verse 22. Start in verse 22. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which is created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. And then, after that, he gives some very practical instructions about how that's lived out, what that looks like. What it looks like putting on the new man, when somebody's walking the new man, what's that look like? He tells us. Verse 25, he says, putting away lying and speaking the truth to each other. Verse 26, it says, not to be angry, to be angry, if you're angry, not to sin in your anger. Have to control ourselves. New men, we're able to, if we're walking new men, we're able to control ourselves. Control our temper. Verse 27, it says, don't give place to the devil in your life. Don't give the devil an opportunity in your life. In verse 28, talks about not stealing. And then verse 29. Let no corrupt words proceed out of your mouth. But that which only is necessary for edification, that means building each other up. That it may impart grace to the ears. There it is again. The new life has a new mindset. And a new way of speaking. It says not to let a corrupt words come out of our mouth. Corrupt words are all different forms that we've been talking about. The course of our human nature. And so, if it says not to let it happen, that means it's that it is possible. Otherwise, God wouldn't tell us to do something that was impossible. He's not telling us to jump off a mountain and fly. Something that's impossible. But he's saying, walk in the new man. Walk in the spirit. And you'll be able to do these things. You'll be able to keep your 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 mouth from speaking corrupt words, harsh words, nasty words. Tearing one another down. The course of nature won't be set on fire by hell. He'll be crucified. He put put to death the deeds of the human nature.
Do not let corrupt words proceed out of your mouth, but only words which are helpful to others. In the book of Hebrews it says, seek ways to, to provoke one another to love and good works. Be helping each other, lifting each other up, not tearing each other down. And to those who are not following the Lord, who are either backslidden or have, and have fallen away, or those who have not known the Lord, we should be gracious to them, understanding to them. Because if it wasn't for God's grace, we would be one of them. We would be doing just what we're seeing them do. We'd be doing that kind of stuff. We'd say, oh, I never do that. Oh, yeah. We don't know what we were capable of if the Lord had not stopped us. What kind of life we would live. God's grace towards others. And the way we speak to them. That which imparts grace to the hearers. Am I speaking in a way that's gracious to those who are listening to me? To those that I'm talking to. When someone comes at me, am I returning grace? The fruit of the Spirit is not how many people listen to my evangelizing. The fruit of the Spirit in love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faith. It goes on. That's the new man. That's where the new man is at. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but it is necessary for building up edification, that it may give grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, that all bitterness, wrath, anger, arguing, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ Jesus forgave you. This is the way of the Spirit. This is the new man we're called to walk in. And when we're walking in the flesh, you know what we all look like. We're full of evil speaking, arguing, Bitterness, rage, noise. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by continuing in these things. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by walking in these things. Chapter 5 and verse 1 continues. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. And walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God. Jesus said these words, love, one, love each other as I have loved you. 
And he says to imitate that. Be imitators of God as God's children. Imitate our Father. There is an answer in all these things in our life. And the answer is to not set on fire our human nature, but to put it away. Put away all evil speaking. Put away all arguing and fighting and grumbling. And all put away all bitterness and envy and evil speaking. It just goes on and on. Instead, put on the new man. The new attitude, the attitude of Christ. Put on the attitude of Christ. Jesus who gave Himself. Put on His attitude. He went to the cross for us. And we must do that for one another. Lay down our lives for one another. I'm going to open this to you, brothers. Steve, we'll start with you and we can open up to whatever any of you brothers want to